Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Bidiwa Gavaza, and for today, uh, we are joining you from uh, Waterfall, um, uh, which is uh, an area I sometimes don't know whether to describe it as being part of uh, Johannesburg or being part of Midrand, but yes, somewhere in between Johannesburg and Pretoria, um, we are at Accenture's uh, offices, and we are going to be talking today with uh, Nitesh Singh, who is the managing director. Director of Communication, uh, Media and Technology for Accenture Africa. And it's looking to be a really great, um, you know, conversation just around, uh, you know, some of the things uh, that are going on over in the sector. My experience and interaction with Nitesh has uh, generally been around uh, issues to do with uh, I think multi-choice has tended to be a big one. You know, uh, every once in a while when something happens, uh, let's say they sign a new deal with the likes of Canal Plus and the like, I will send his team a request and I'll say, guys, what does Nitesh have to say about, you know, something like this? I think recently um, uh, we he helped us around password sharing, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, so those are the types of interactions that I've been having, um, you know, with Nitesh and, uh, you know, Hopefully today we can expand on, you know, some other themes, you know, that are happening in the sector. Nitesh, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, thank you so much uh, for having me and uh, welcome to Waterfall, Madiwa. Uh, it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's middle of uh, Pretoria and Johannesburg. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a place to begin, uh, you know, what, what's been interesting is I recently had uh, an engagement with another one of your colleagues, um, you know, a gentleman by the name of uh, Ishmael um, Pabanga, uh, you know, and uh, I think he's from the financial services side. And, you know, you are on the other side, you know, around, uh, you know, communication, media and technology. So instead of what is Accenture, I'd rather be interested to understand what you're doing in your specific practice before um, we get into the meat and potatoes of today's uh, conversation. No, happy to share that with you. So I've been with Accenture just over 18 years now, and my entire career has been spent in what we call communications, media, and technology, the, the sector, right? And uh, what is the sector? The sector focuses on our telecommunications providers in Africa, the likes of MTN, the likes of Vodacom, yeah. uh, Telcom, uh, Airtel, Orange, uh, etc. And uh, that's one part of it. And uh, what do we do with these organizations? Is we, we try to make them high-performing organizations. We provide a lot of technology, uh, a lot of strategy, and it's a lot of guidance in how they can actually improve their businesses and their services to their consumer. Yeah. That's the communications part. And, uh, you know, you touched on the multi-choice. That's part of our media practice. So yeah. uh, I'm also looking after the, uh, so it's the comms, communications, media, and technology practice for Africa. That's yeah. what I look after. And, and multi-choice is our lone media provider in Africa. So we also similar services, technology, strategy, et cetera, for the likes of multi-choice. Uh, and the technology is more the high-tech organizations uh, that we have inside of South Africa. But in a nutshell, that's, that's kind of what, uh, what we, we're doing in, this, in my practice uh, and what we're looking after. Okay. Is there any, anything to the naming 
I'm only asking because it's probably arbitrary, but I know that in other organizations, we talk of technology, media, and telecoms. They yeah. usually call it the TMT. Uh, but is there really any difference or I, are we just, it's neither here nor there? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's something, look, we've always been known as communications, media, and technology. Uh, it's, uh, you know, communications, meaning our telcos and, the, you know, the communications uh, type of industries and then media. Uh, is the media organizations and tech, uh, but nothing, nothing really different from other other organizations like TMT, like you mentioned. Okay, now let's start with. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna start it in similar to the way that I asked your colleague, but I, mean, I know this is gonna go in a completely different direction. The way that let's say your telcos work and the way that your um, your your media companies work right now in South Africa. So literally almost all the companies that you're likely looking after, right? They, they have technology at the core, right? I mean, whether you are broadcasting on analog or digital, there's still technology that is making, you know, all of that happen, yeah. right? So, how do we characterize a, a a technology conversation with executives, right? For example, when you approach or when you have those meetings and someone says digital transformation, right? Because that's been a big buzz term, you know, over the last couple of years. How do you approach something like that? Because I can imagine that executive, but we are using technology all the time. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's take you back in the past, right? So Accenture... In around 2013, we we started talking to the industry about every business is a digital business, right? Globally, yeah. and by that we meant underpinning that digital is technology, mm. right? And uh, we started, you know, we would every year for the last almost decade now we've been re releasing tech trends, etc. But we started seeing a a point in the you know how organizations are maturing that in around 2013 was digital was becoming a big thing yeah now the organizations that really started understanding our strategy when covid hit if they had understood it they would have had e-commerce in place digital in place when lockdowns happened yeah. some did some didn't and what we started seeing then was around covid around the pandemic was what we saw, what we termed compressed transformation. So the organizations that didn't have some digital footprint very quickly started to get a footprint yeah. in the market. Now, to your question, where does this lead us and how do we approach these topics? Fast forward to 2023. Uh, Accenture has done a very comprehensive survey across 1,567 respondents across the world, C-level executives, C-suite uh, CEOs, from telecommunications companies, uh, retailers, uh, resources companies, etc. And what we started to see is uh, this emergence of what we call a business reinvention company. Yeah. And we started as part of, you know, we spent a lot of time thinking of how companies mature and what makes them better. We started thinking of the core. Mm -hmm. And to your point, you know, when we talk to executives now, you have to understand what a digital core is. Right. So any CEO running any top 40 company in South Africa or Africa, artificial intelligence, cloud, 
security, data, platforms. We see those being a digital core. Yeah. So it's all tech. It's all technology. That is the heart of how your organization is going to need to be structured going forward, fast forward into the next few years. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing globally from the survey, 8%, only 8% of what we're seeing being reinvented, business reinvention companies starting to think like that. Mm -hmm. and, and there's lots of benefits for that, right? The, the, the companies that are doing this, we're seeing 30% growth. Whereas companies just doing normal transformation, maybe 10%. Yeah. So it's fundamental. So are we saying that companies aren't using technology? Are we saying that they are not using it correctly? Are we saying that they could be using it better? Are we saying that they could be rethinking, you know, how they how they use whatever technology they have and possibly make additions, you know, to the areas that you've spoken about now? So a bit of all of yeah. So what we what we seeing is that so a bit of all of that. that what we what we seeing is that if you understand the concept of a digital core, meaning all of those uh, components I spoke about, what's very important is to understand how do they interoperate between each other. Yeah. So I would say that companies have not connected the dots yet. Eight percent of companies are globally. Oh. We haven't seen that yet in the sky. I haven't seen anyone yet in Africa or South Africa really connecting the dots yet. Some of them are going on that journey, but it's how you connect the dots and make all of those things talk to each other. How do they communicate with each other? That's the holy grail. Once it's connected, you're going to start to see an improvement in your service, your revenues, how you interact with consumers. Mm. So when it comes to maybe not a chicken, I'm going to ask you sort of like a chicken versus an egg type of situation. Um, because I think of executives and I think of KPIs because I think of what makes, what makes an executive pull the trigger on a, certain, on a certain decision because it would be great. They say that prevention is usually better than cure, yeah. right? It would be great if uh, all organizations were thinking uh, preemptive, uh, preemptively or proactively, right? Yeah. But in a lot of cases, something has to happen first. A competitor moves and then you're like, how did they do that? We must also do the same. Or you have pressure from stakeholders and, and, and all that. Right now, at the moment that we're in, what, what do you think moves the needle? to get more people beyond the 8% uh, that, you're, that you're highlighting now, where we do get those organizations thinking um, in that way and connecting those dots. Mm. Mm. So I think the first problem you have with lots of, you know, what we saw through our survey, right? So we saw most organizations are what we call transformers. So they think of a transformation, you know, every few years, but it's almost too late. You know, the customers are leaving them, revenues are down, profitability is down, staff are leaving out the door. Almost too late. These, these companies that we're seeing as reinventors are, are, are constantly changing. They don't set up a program to do it every few years. Yeah. It's in the DNA of the company. Yeah. So connecting the dots means you're constantly changing constantly changing the company. So it's not like staff are going to come and say, oh, no, not another transformation. It's built into them, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, you know, so change and the pace of change builds, built, gets built into the DNA of the company and, and employees see it. 
customers start seeing new products, services, et cetera, and then at a level this increases all the time. That's how the dots get connected. Mm. How does how does one, I, I guess, reach a point where something like that becomes, I guess, the state of the organization, that the, the constant reinvention? Because I guess a lot of organizations tend to get stuck in their ways. If something is working, why are we trying to? What are we? Why are we trying to fix it? Of course, a person like you is like, yes, it's working today. But in a couple of years' time, something else is going to come and disrupt you. 100%. And that's, that's really what we're seeing, right? Uh, the rate of disruption since the pandemic has gone up three times. Prior to the pandemic, it was only 5%. It's incredible how companies are being disrupted now. So, you know, you've got to constantly be thinking about, you know, yes, today, Things could be fine, but you can't just sit there and think it's going to be fine forever. And that's how reinventors think. Reinventors are always thinking that, you know, we need to change. We need to keep on elevating our levels of service. We need to constantly thinking of how to tweak our products, new products, whatever the case is. How do we make it better? How do we interact with our customers better? How do we create an experience that we understand from a company's perspective, how the customer interacts with us and inside the company, all the processes that work to assist that customer. Mm-hmm. And perhaps the most important component of this is the purpose of the company. Yeah. Your purpose defines who you are. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the top, you know, the, the, the hyperscalers, the big digital companies of the world, the, the Googles and the Apples and the Microsofts, the trillion dollar companies like the Apples, of the world. They're constantly thinking of new products to market or tweaking what they have to make it better to the market. They're not sitting what they have. Imagine if we were still stuck on the first iPhone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the same philosophy. You know, you don't want to be caught in the Kodak moment where Kodak had the market. You know, there's too many examples about yes. that, but yeah. you don't want to be there. And I think what's what's precipitating that, why is this happening? Because customers today are working, they're used to with their mobile devices, digital brands, right? They, they on uh, Uber and they're on Facebook and they're on, um, you know, Uber Eats today and they, they get, they're getting a sense of how global brands are interacting with them. Amazon, etc. you know, uh, X now, formerly Twitter or yeah. Threads now. Yeah. So they get Instagram, etc. You're getting this global type of touch point. So customers today are fundamentally different. They're getting used to global brands that they're interacting with all in, in a digital type of way. So you have to, have to, have to elevate your game as an organization to be on par with those companies that your customers today are dealing with. One of the things I'm very curious to get from you, because I think right now we've helped to contextualize you know, um, I guess some of the actions or some of the type of thinking that we would like to see um, in organizations. Do you have examples of companies that are that are part of this eight percent that are no? And for me, yeah. the ones that are non-tech or the ones that yeah. don't describe, because it's in it's in Nvidia's core business, Apple, yeah. Amazon to 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 be there. But yes. <laughs> I'll tell you a brilliant example. Yeah. It comes to us from Thailand. Okay. Uh, Siam uh, Commercial Bank. Yeah. 
right? Uh, bank in Thailand. Uh, and this is a, and this is, you know, where as Accenture, we've been uh, studying these companies that are coming, you know, from different industries. Their CEO gets it. He transformed the bank with thinking of digital at the core. Their digital transactions went up something in the region of 500%. They started graining lots of market share mm. and they transformed the entire, you know, organization. And uh, they have that reinvention mindset mm. where they are now using the, they've got a digital coin place and everything is connected. Now they're changing their lines of business, thinking of the digital core at its heart. Another example is Roche, the pharmaceuticals company, mm. very similar. They are... Uh, they thought, you know, and you think this is a pharmaceutical company. There wasn't a digital company, mm -hmm. but they realized the importance of having a digital core in their supply chain, in how they interact with their consumers, etc. And they seeing similar gains in the market. They they've got a core in place. They're changing their lines of business, constantly reinventing themselves, and you know you're seeing their share price, their EVP, etc., etc., all going up. Mm -hmm. So those are just two examples of companies that are different uh, that are using this concept of business reinvention and they're seeing the results. And then the local market? You know, I, we're starting to see glimpses of it. Uh, I, you know, uh, the likes of MTN um, and Vodacom, both of them, you could start, you're starting to see them talking about platforms and cloud and AI, etc. So we're starting to see that core emerging. Yeah. They will the next step in their, um, you know, uh, how they, what they will gravitate to is changing lines of business now with that core mindset. So what we're starting to see in the local market is the understanding of a core. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of hype around AI, et cetera. But, uh, but AI on its, no, on its own is not going to work. It has to be integrated with cloud, with platforms, with security, et cetera. What we'll, we haven't, we haven't, we, we're going to start to see the emergence of the core in South African companies integrating with different lines of business, you know, the financials, the sales, customers, revenue, legal, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it, it is an interesting one. Um, and as someone who covers technology, media, and telecoms myself, um, you do start to see, you know, some of those things. I think uh, earlier on we spoke about multi-choice. Um, and on the day that we're recording this, they've uh, just put out, you know, they've just launched a new platform, yes. um, a new DSTV streaming platform. Yes. And for me, that puts together a number of blocks in there. You, a couple of years ago, you say, okay, cool, we're going to, for the first time, separate the, the decoder and the online service. You no longer have to have a dish to have this thing. You... You know, you do that. You create a technology division and you have for the first time a CTO. You have all these, um, what you call this, agreements that you put in place and then we see an announcement going out like that. Telcos, I think FinTech has really been a huge, um, you know, in innovator for them and you see them also then connecting other dots, investing in data centers and, you know, all of this stuff, you know, I guess putting the building blocks together. Is it necessary in the current environment to have an AI strategy? And I ask that simply because on almost every earnings call now, if you don't say the words AI, you almost feel as if someone's share price is going to tank. 
Uh, but is AI really the silver bullet that's really going to get you know companies to go wherever they need to go? So it's a good question. And the answer, what we're seeing from Accenture is it's not just an AI strategy. Remember what we're saying from a core perspective, a digital core, it's AI, it's cloud, it's platforms, it's data, it's security. You have to have a strategy for all of that and how it interoperates. AI on its own will not give you the value. It won't unlock the value. However, if you can start looking at the core with those five components, you'll unlock a lot of value. So you need a strategy for all of those. And the strategy you should talk to how they all interoperate together. And then the value will be unlocked as you transform and reinvent multiple lines of business. If I'm a large corporate, do I need to own all of those things that you've just spoken about? Or do I just simply need to know how those things are going to interact with my revenue lines? You have to own it. The C-suite, the board, the CEO must understand how this works. It's your business at the end of the day. You can't outsource it. They have to have a strategy for this or they will, unfortunately, they will start to see themselves becoming laggards in the market and falling behind because their competitors and threats in the market will will surpass them. Mm. It is an interesting one. And I, I whilst you're talking, we, we've spoken quite a bit about your executives in the C-suite, right? Where does the talent, you know, come into the into the discussion here? Once again, I think it's a chicken versus an egg situation. Yeah. Yeah. Do you proactively go out and look for some of those guys and say, hey, we need to be thinking at that level? Or what are you seeing now? Because I've heard that there's a lot of competition right now mm-hmm. for, for tech talent. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, are, are if you've got the right skills in this market, you are literally moving jobs every six to six months to a year because offers are just coming left, right, and center. This is a very good question. So what we seeing? So so this year we won the employee of the year for 2023. Yeah. And, you know, talking about this reinvention, right? why am I even mentioning that is we had KPIs as an ex- exco here of how we can retain talent. Mm-hmm. So this reinvention strategy I'm talking about, you know, around and there's components of diversity, inclusion, etc. We tracked as an executive team, right? So we had, and, and, you know, talent, this entire game is going to be around talent. You're going to have situations where you're going to, you know, retain your talent, but you need to reskill your talent. So, inside Accenture, we have what we call uh, TQ, yeah. uh, a technology quotient, and it's a metric uh, where we all get measured. So, in this company, seven hundred twenty-five thousand of us need to constantly train ourselves. So we get certified and we get a score. What's our TQ score? And uh, it's all about making sure that our skill sets, every single employee in this company understands, you know, uh, big data, uh, quantum computing, cloud, uh, AI, et cetera, security, et cetera. And uh, you're going to have situations as well where we're going to need to bring in talent, right? Uh, but, you know, you've got to understand where you're bringing in talent, why you're bringing in talent, but you're quite right. There's a there's a massive, massive skills shortage worldwide, globally. 
you got to be ahead of the curve and know where to hire, uh, where the right talent is. But this entire strategy and, and, and this entire being of digital and cloud and, and the digital core and how your lines of business will work, it requires you to have the right talent. So you have to have a really well thought out talent strategy. Very important that your HR executives understand where to source talent, how to retain talent, how to grow talent. That's important for us. The growth piece is quite an interesting one to me um, because I started off talking about the fact that there's a lot of competition for the talent. But one can, uh, I would imagine, and I guess that's why you talk about ret retention, mm -hmm. is the fact that it's probably, for, for the most part, cheaper to, to build talent internally as opposed to trying to fight in the market for it. Mm. Yes, it's right. I mean, we want to be making sure that we are constantly reinventing ourselves, reinventing our teams, reinventing our staff. The employee experience is absolutely critical. You know, if you don't have a motivated staff, you're going to find it hard to compete in the market. If you don't have a team that's at the right talent levels, and they don't have what your competition has, you're going to have a very difficult time surviving in the market. Um, you, you are right. I mean, you potentially will have it, find it easier to retain your talent and retrain your talent than finding it from outside. Because when you get talent from the outside, they still got to come in and, and understand the DNA of your company. And that takes time. But someone who's been here will, will you know, understand the structure, the strategy, etc., and what's needed to be achieved but it's fundamental to get the, the strategy right in terms of how talent needs to help you win in the market mm -hmm. definitely uh curious to understand because you mentioned just now the technology quotient uh, and i like that concept very much but like anything that is tick box uh, or that can be seen as tick tick box um, some people might do something, get the qualification, but, you know, understanding something at its core. Um, so for yourself, you know, you're, you're obviously very interested in, you know, these issues of technology and the like. Uh, but, you know, if you're talking to someone who's in their, within their 50s, you know, a well-worn uh, executive, you know, how do you, how do you encourage or get them to spark that, uh, what you call this, that interest? What are you reading? What are you keeping up with that someone else could also make use of? So it's interesting that TQ quotient is linked to every single employee's KPIs. Yeah. It affects our compensation. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so if we don't actually do it, we yes. don't get a bonus in some cases, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's how serious we've taken this. Yeah. It, there's exams, et cetera, that's tied to this. Mm. Uh, and, and it's fun, you know, it's fun to learn new things. And we, you know, as Accenture, we've developed all the content for TQ. Uh, and it's fun to learn and understand about uh, the latest trends, et cetera. And we're constantly sharing with all our employees what's the latest trends, uh, what we need to learn about it, et cetera. Uh, so that, yeah, so, yeah, TQ is a vital part of uh, my KPI, uh, <laughs> my Exco's KPI. Yeah. If we don't do it, it even impacts us as a market unit in Africa. Yeah. Uh, so we're constantly being reminded by our group executive committee to make sure these things are done. 
and I think it's right, you know, to actually have them saying, you know, and so it becomes a kind of competition inside us as Accenture globally of who's made sure all their staff has done their training, etc. Uh, but it also gives us a chance to understand our people better and survey what makes them tick and what do they want to see more of. And uh, the company keeps on providing uh, collateral and content in that direction. If you'll indulge me, um, I wanted to take a step back, maybe zoom out a little bit um, and get to maybe more on a more macro level, mm-hmm. right? Um, I like the fact that you are head of the practice for Accenture Africa, yes. right? Which means you probably have insight into, you know, the state of the continent. Traditionally, uh, well, maybe not traditionally, but at least over the last couple of decades, uh, one could, you know, safely say that South Africa has generally been a technology leader in many aspects the right infrastructure, the right systems, the right um, investment, you know, going into this type of thing, uh, very sophisticated, um, you know, industries, whether it's financial services, telecoms, um, and the like, right? Does South Africa still hold that place as a technology leader? Or do you see, you know, certain spots on the continent maybe uh, pushing the boundaries a little bit more? That's a, that, That's an interesting question. So, you know, I spend a lot of my time, I was part of the Economist Network, and I like, you know, the, how economists see Africa. If you look at South Africa, our GDP, etc., is just bordering on a percent where we're seeing other parts of Africa climbing over that, the likes of Nigeria, etc., almost one and a half to two percent. We have fallen behind. You know, I was in Lagos two weeks ago. And I, I used to stay in Nigeria for a while in the mid, uh, 2010, around that time. And I've, I, I can definitely see how that country has changed. You know, I was, I was quite surprised how many startups there are in Nigeria now. The GDP is starting to grow. Uh, and even the likes of uh, Kenya. Um, and we're seeing even the likes of Egypt as well. You know, so unfortunately, I, I am seeing other parts of Africa uh, eclipsing South Africa. Uh, you know, once a year, they, and it started last year, they have Mobile World Congress in Rwanda, yeah. in Kigali. Fascinating how that country is developing now. Yeah. Even for small countries like that, they're surpassing us. Yeah. Competition is good, right? So, uh, you know, you're right. We maybe a, a few years ago we were number one i don't believe we are anymore mm. i feel that things are a bit slow you know we took so long to get spectrum even in south africa yeah. so long and uh progressive governments like i'm seeing in other countries are working a lot closer with the private sector at a you know and so you know at a macro level i think we need to, we really need to get our act together. We are falling behind. Uh, my job as Accenture is to make sure that we, not only for South Africa, but Africa, every single person, we, we, my, 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 you know, my purpose, my team's purpose is to ensure that we push for every single person on this continent to have a digital identity that surpasses, in most cases, the developed world. And we're going to carry on pushing for that. 
we're going to carry on pushing to make sure that we get spectrum. And we're going to carry on pushing, you know, and pushing the boundaries where we can get the public sector to start partnering more with the private sector. Uh, so yourself and me can uh, have a better digital future. Uh, but we we need to we need to as a country in South Africa realize that we are falling behind. We need to get lots of levers moving in the right direction to start uh, progressing faster and catching up with other parts of the continent now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it is an interesting one, and uh, I think the reason I asked that question is because South Africa, um, at least the current administration in government, has placed such a huge emphasis on technology. When you think about the Four Hour Commission, you know, Fourth Industrial Revolution, all of that stuff. Uh, but I guess it's uh, it was more about impracticality. Are we really? Um, reaping, you know, the fruits of uh, that policy direction, or is it, you know, more of uh, just talk? Especially when you think about the progress that, you know, like you said, the Rwandas have 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 taken. The fact that you can go into a taxi in that country and you have Wi-Fi. Um, the fact that mobile payments have advanced to the point that they have in East Africa, mm -hmm. and you have. You know, billion-dollar startups, the likes of Flutterway, Vandela, etc., in in a place like uh, you know Nigeria, it's 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 actually quite crazy. I think on this platform, um, about a year and a half ago, we had the president of Estonia. Yeah. The things that they have done from an e-government point of view, mm -hmm. because I remember she, the president, said that the only thing that you can't do online is to get a divorce yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. at the time, which was, uh, which was a funny one. Um, so when I think about things like that, that's what, uh, the, you know, that's what prompts, prompts, you know, questions like that to say, are we really, um, you know, pushing it forward? There's all these metrics that people keep talking about. The youngest population, you know, in the world, a billion people, smartphone penetration, all of that. But are we really, you know, really making use, um, you know, of it? Because I often feel like, there's been a huge transfer of wealth over the last 15 years. Yes. And you spoke about the trillion dollar tech companies, but, yes. you know, Africa and South Africa hasn't really participated. Apart from a process and NASPERS, we don't really have those, those examples. Yeah. 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 Look, I think just going back to what you said, I think the 4IR commission, et cetera, there's some work being done. So I think, uh, you know, um, probably the rate of of change and speed of seeing the results, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But there's some good work being done. So, you know, I think the commission is is is, de is definitely a step in the right direction. You know, we need to get more venture capitalists, et cetera, looking the side of the world. Like you, I mean, we have a billion dollar, you know, startups, et cetera, like you're saying, in, in other parts of Africa. Uh, and we have to have that mindset of digital, like the president of Estonia has. Once we start seeing all of that coming together. We, I really believe, you know, if you look at this continent, we can unlock a lot more value. There's so many problems that we will solve here first. Mobile money was, you know, way back in the day, I was in Safaricom when it was started. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those problems was, was solved here, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of firsts that came out of Africa, you know, and uh, prepaid is a concept. 
started in Africa. So I really believe that a lot more will happen faster in Africa if we give the we set up the right platform for digital and technology in the African countries uh, and in the continent, we'll solve problems faster than anywhere in the West and the East. And, uh, you know, it'll happen, but we've got to get this concept of the core right, etc. We've got to get more progressiveness from governments collectively in Africa. You know, there should be one Africa. You know, they, you know, we need to get more connected as a, a continent to start unlocking all of the great technology, etc., that we can jointly create for and start uh, sharing with the rest of the world. All right. Last two bits. The first one um, is, uh, and I think it brings a lot of the things that we've spoken about together, especially the connecting the dots part. Um, we spoke earlier on about multi-choice. We also spoke about Vodacom and MTN, right? In terms of connecting the dots, um, do you see a world in which we have, we've been talking a lot, at least in telecoms, about um, consolidation. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of M&A activity, etc. But do you see a world where companies across your your portfolio, communications, media, and technology all come together. I'm thinking of a, of a Comcast in the United States. I'm thinking of a, uh, Sky is not uh, the best example, but I'm just using Comcast for now because they have an element of your telecoms, they have an element of your, your media, your broadcast, that type of thing, where it's a holistic you know, type of business. Do we have? Do we end up in a future where we have such entities, either in South Africa or the continent, or do we just have greater collaboration, you know, between companies in the sector? The latter. I mean, Comcast is a special organization, <laughs> right? I mean, they're one of the few yeah. to have a myriad of all these services. Um, you know, you saw this a few years ago. Uh, even in South Africa, right? The, uh, a lot of the mobile operators tried to launch OTT services, yeah. video services, etc. Didn't work out. <laughs> exactly, right? So, uh, and the reason is because that's not their core business, right? They, they, and one of the, re not only their core business, but remember you're getting to the land of publishers and who owns copyrights, etc. It's very difficult if for uh, telco to try and enter the media game but uh, the likes of uh, MultiChoice uh, own EPL rights or rights to the EPL or you know local competitions in Africa, etc. So it becomes a different type of game, uh, one that you're not used to. I, I see a lot more collaboration happening. Yeah. So you're finding it already, right? You're finding the likes of uh, MultiChoice partnering with MTN and they're offering fiber and connectivity services, etc. And it was interesting, you know, you spoke about, you know, uh, MultiChoice have just launched a new app, et cetera, the DSTP app, the stream app. And it's, it's about a different type of connectivity now. It's not over, you know, it's not over satellite now. It's over digital, it's over fiber, et cetera. Those are the things now that will propel them forward. You know, uh, there's been, you know, the likes of AT&T, et cetera, were entered into buying off uh, some big media organizations are feeling the pain. They're feeling the pain. Yeah. They, they, uh, they regret some of those deals. Yeah. They have regretted yeah. it. You know, their shareholders are like, Ooh, did we, did we have to go and 
into this game. But at the time, it looked like the right decision. But I think you've got to, the fundamental question you've got to ask yourself as a business is, do I have a right to play in this market? Do you have the right customers, the right strategy in place to play in this market? Now, if you really deep dive into that, I think a lot of them would have said, maybe not. Now, we not, are not seeing it across the whole globe. There are few organizations that have a plethora of all these services. What we're seeing is, if I look at telecommunications companies, they are divesting and they're having a business, you know, a data sector and a digital sector. Yeah. And uh, they're starting to, you know, have those entities report into a group holding company. Mm. That's kind of what we're seeing happening to all of our telecommunications clients worldwide. Mm. They, 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 they are becoming uh, different businesses uh, that I, I would say would interoperate with other components. So you're having a digital business and an API business and etc. and a financial service business, etc. Uh, inside the, the organization that then starts to report back up to a group structure, but they very integrated. And I, I see, you know, I think the sum of the parts is greater as the whole. Yeah. That's the concept that comes into mind, but we definitely seeing, and that leads to a more lean, mean type of business. So I think that's the strategy uh, in the right direction. And it'll give them a lot better management of their CapEx and OpEx and their financial metrics going forward it gives them greater control. On CapEx and OpEx, greater value in infrastructure or over-the-top services? Both. Yeah, you both. So? Yeah, both, both, both. You know, you need to, uh, you, you know, uh, if you look at, like, that's a good one as a multi-choice, you know, asking me about the security sharing, it was about Showmax. And Netflix did this. Netflix is cutting passwords around the world. And there was an outcry initially. Why are we doing this? Because that's how Netflix gain so many customers in the market, right? Yeah. Now, it's interesting. There's initially an outcry and then the market tapers off and says, mm, actually, we don't want freeloaders. No. <laughs> <laughs> so customers like me don't want freeloaders because if they have better password you know, protection, you know, they're going to get better consumers and that's going to go into better content that they're going to procure or acquire or develop. So I'm happy as a customer, actually. But uh, you, need, you need to think of both of them. Okay, cool. And then lastly, this is uh, me, Justin. Uh, you know, um, if, you'll allow me, if you'll allow me to indulge the, the, the geeky part of me, uh, you can feel free to accept or not accept what I'm about to ask. But uh, just thought we would end off on a light note. Two points. Firstly, uh, Android or iOS, <laughs> Mac or Windows. <laughs> Uh, in your own, in your in your own life, because obviously as Accenture you have full disclaimer. Okay, full disclaimer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Mac and yeah. iOS person. Um, yeah, I've always been a lifelong uh, Apple fan. Uh, I yeah, but uh, I understand the world we live in requires us to develop for either platform, uh, and there's uh, each you know each to their own, I guess. But uh, I I'm a Mac an iOS person. Mac I love the ecosystem that it provides. Mac and iOS person. Uh, now the ecosystem is amazing. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you on the on the Mac side of things, but I do 
dabbled in both sides. I have an Android and an iOS. I have a Mac and I also have a Windows machine because what I feel like you, sh you just, I don't want to get a machine and have like a stumble, you know, you have a moment of freezing, like what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, but that's just for me. So that brings us to the end of uh, this uh, great and fascinating conversation that we've been having around, uh, you know, the world of communication, media and technology. Um, you know, really great talking to Nitesh just around, um, you know, some of what they are, some of what they are seeing um, in the market. Some of the key insights, um, you know, coming out from there is obviously the fact that um, they aren't talking about necessarily that uh, companies, at least in the sector that he covers, that they aren't using technology, but rather that they need to be rethinking how they use technology and the types of technology uh, that they're using and also how the different uh, the different synergies that can actually happen between the different types of technology. You cannot be thinking in a siloed mentality. You need to be thinking um, holistically around, um, you know, issues, you know, such as your cloud, such as AI. Um, you know, you need to think, you know, how do these things all integrate together? How can you create new products and how is that going to affect your existing business? Do you need, you know, to keep your existing business? Does it need to evolve? and you arrive at something new uh, or do you make what is existing better you know through the use of technology also just uh, you know talking quite a bit about you know the talent uh, debate you know simply because if you're going to have uh, a reimagining a rethinking you need to have the types of people that either lead the thinking on that type of thing or that can actually implement um, you know, the thinking around that. And I really liked the answer that he gave when I asked, you know, should a person have um, ownership over, you know, all of these different components or do you get into partnership? And, you know, he, he was straight up. He said, you must have ownership, you know, because it's your business, it's your revenue lines, um, you know, at the end of the day. And then obviously talking about um, South Africa's place, I think that's a very, um, you know, very good discussion to be having, you know, how, how much has South Africa really benefited from the 4IR? You know, what are some of the gaps and how can we um, go on and fill them? So it's really been great. We were talking to Nitesh Singh, who is uh, the Managing Director for the Communications, Media and Technology Practice um, over at Accenture Africa. Nitesh, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolute pleasure to, to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter with hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning